Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. So what's going to happen to Satan after the Battle of Armageddon? We're going to talk about that coming up next. Make sure to visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Hey friends, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel and what your pastor never told you dot com, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. If you're listening to this via podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes for each new podcast upload. And if you're watching this and you're new via YouTube, please make sure to click the notification icon down below so that you will receive um, alerts every time we upload a new video. We've been in the midst of our amazing series of what your pastor never told you about the book of Revelation. It's been quite an eye-opening study, and I don't think we can study this book too many times. There's so much value in studying the book of Revelation, plus it's one of the only books in the Bible that we are promised a blessing for studying it, for reading it, and for listening to it. So with that being said, we're going to dive right into our study of Revelation chapter 20. In Revelation chapter 19, we cover the battle of Armageddon. Now we're going to find out what happens to Satan after the Battle of Armageddon. And I want to also let you guys know to make sure to listen to this video all the way to the end so that you can be up to date on some exciting announcements that we have at the end of this video. Let's go ahead. Read along with me. Revelation chapter 20. I'm reading from the NASB version. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And I love how the book of Revelation usually interprets the symbols for us. So when it says the dragon, it says to us, it's the serpent of old. And who is that? It's the devil or Satan. So it, he, it's very clear who he's speaking of here. And bound him for 1,000 years, for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. This is, again, further evidence there will be believers here during this time of persecution of the beast empire, during the Antichrist reign, there will be believers still here, and that is why they are beheaded. It is not because they're Jewish, it's because of their testimony in Jesus. The Bible is clear and confirms itself over and over again. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And, they had, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand 
and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We see here and in other places throughout the scriptures that those who perish because of their testimony of Christ will be given a great reward. Here they are allowed to reign with him for a thousand years and sit on thrones. It's just amazing. This is one of those other verses that continues to fly in the face of the pre-tribulation doctrine that teaches that the rapture will happen prior to the Antichrist reign. That is simply not biblical, and we go through that in the study of Revelation as well as other places as to why that's not what the scriptures, it's not what Jesus taught. We see throughout the book of Revelation that admonition is given to the churches right from the beginning of Revelation. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. He who endures, this will call for the patient endurance of the saints. Why should they, Why would the saints have to patiently endure if they're already by Christ's side in heaven? It doesn't make any sense. Only if they're here on earth do they have to endure to the end to be saved. And again here, it shows that those um, were beheaded because of their testimony in Jesus. I don't know if you realize this. In the West, we find it hard to believe because we live in such a nation that truly is free in our worship, in our expression of our Christianity. But Christianity is the most persecuted people group. Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world. Let that sink in. Do you realize there's more killings of Christians now in our era than in any time in human history? Most people in the West have no understanding that we are living in a great time of persecution for believers right now. It's an enormous time. It is the largest time, the greatest time in all of Earth's history for persecution of believers. And in America, we are often sheltered from this, so we don't realize how bad it actually is in the rest of the world. There are some that teach because they can't get around these scriptures and revelation that there are believers here, that we are here during the time before Christ's return, during Antichrist's reign, during the beast empire that we are here, there are some that say, well, no, those are just people that became converts during that time, after the rapture. But we did not see that. When we've gone through the book of Revelation, what we saw was a continual hardening of hearts. So it continues to say that those people did not turn to God, that they continued to harden their hearts. They continued to be wicked and evil. But here, and and that's the other thing. If God is really warning us, as these pre-trib teachers would have us believe, that if we were just ready, that we would be out of here, we wouldn't have to experience any of these things, first of all, what does that say to the Christians that are currently suffering around the world? Are they somehow backslidden because they're having to go through all this? God forbid that we should ever teach such a doctrine as that. They are more holy and righteous than us who have not had to go through persecution, they should be they are held in higher esteem and biblically speaking they are held in higher esteem but let's pretend for a moment if the pre-trib teaching is correct that it's only the backsliders that are here during this persecution persecution then you'd think throughout the book of revelation Jesus would be warning us and saying see if only they had been ready they wouldn't have to go through this if only they had been ready you know shame on them but we never see Jesus shaming those who die for their faith. Never, ever, ever, ever do we see that. So God forbid that we should shame our brothers and sisters who are going through and who will in the future go through persecution. God forbid that we should take the word and, and twist it in that way. The Lord always esteems those who die in the faith, always. And they are always treated with honor and respect. 
we should treat them the same. And biblically speaking, every time there are those who die for the faith, the Lord never dishonors them and said, well, if you would have been a smart believer, you wouldn't have had to go through this. He never does that. That's not the position that Scripture teaches. And so we see here that those that have died for their faith are given a place of honor. They're seated on thrones and they're allowed to rule during the millennial reign of Christ. If only all of us were willing to be in that position. Let all of us be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we would be able to be like Stephen and like the other apostles who died for their faith. Let us be so filled with God's Spirit that we would be willing to lay down our lives because Jesus said, if you want to save your life, you're going to have to lose it. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. That doesn't mean wear a cross necklace. Picking up your cross is a symbol of brutal death. Death to yourself. You have to be willing to die for your faith. If you're not willing to lose your life for your faith, you're not worthy of it, Christ says. But we are going to need God's help. In and of ourselves, we do not have that kind of fortitude. Just like the disciples when it came to the night of Christ's betrayal, how they all scattered in their flesh. They weren't willing to stand up, even the ones like Peter that were going to fight to the end. In our flesh, we don't have the ability to lay down our life for Christ. But notice, after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, after the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit that happens in the book of Acts, and, and if you have not seen my book of Acts Bible study, you guys have got to get a hold of that. I'll put a link to one of the first couple of videos, and you can watch the playlist on that. But it is essential that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was because of that infilling, that power of the Holy Spirit, that the disciples were able to then lay down their life for Christ. May we all be willing so that we can receive the reward because over and over throughout scriptures, we see there is a blessing that is giving, given for those who are ready to lay down their life for Christ. And you guys, I'm even teaching my children, let's be willing to lay down our life for Christ. I've taught my kids that death for a Christian is nothing. Oh, death, where is your sting? We do not need to fear death. To be absent from our body means we are present with the Lord. It means we have no more suffering. We do not need to fear death. We need to fear the one who can cast body and soul into hell. That's the one we need to fear. We do not need to fear the beast empire. And so part of my ministry here is to educate you as to what the word of God has to say so that you will not be caught unaware in the last days, that you will not be caught by this great deception that has gone forth that you will instead believe the words of Christ. Who are we going to believe? The teachers or the words of Christ himself? We need to believe what Jesus had to say. And if you haven't seen my Matthew series, my Matthew 24 series on the signs of the return of Christ and what Jesus says has to happen before his return, you need to know so that you are not deceived. I'll put a link up there for you so that you will not be deceived, so that you will know what Jesus says has to happen. So let's, I think this bears reading one more time. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls who, of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life 
and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So many will die because they do not receive the mark, but they're going to come to life and reign with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. I want to be here for the millennial reign of Christ, even if that means that I have to die in order to do so. I want to be here for that. It says the rest does not come part come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Notice the Lord does not chastise those who are part of the first resurrection. They're blessed and holy. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Now remember in the last video that we did, we talked about how there will be these nations that surround Israel that are going to come up for the battle of Armageddon. And those that are left from those nations will be required to come up and celebrate at the Feast of Booths, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles every year. And if they refuse to come up and worship the Lord during that time, their land will not receive rain. That's the plague that they will go and endure. And so this tells us that there will be some people that they may not be wanting to worship God. They may not be willing participants, but if they don't come and worship God, they're not going to have rain. But look what happens when Satan is released from prison. It says that he will come out and deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. So you can imagine in a thousand years time, huge growth, exponential growth, and the number of these will be like the sands of the seashore. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth, and they surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. So when it's speaking of the beloved city, I believe here it's speaking of Jerusalem, the beloved city. And this is another reason why Jerusalem cannot be Babylon, because Babylon, we read earlier, is going to be desolate forever. And Jerusalem is going to be inhabited during the millennial reign. It says, the beloved city and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Notice in both cases, the battle of Armageddon and also this final battle, that it's not a big deal for the Lord to defeat these armies. It's not like they have a fighting chance. Everyone who opposes the Lord is going to go down, in this case, literally in flames. It says, Fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. So this lets you know that they were thrown there a thousand years ago. You know, at the beginning, before the millennial reign, they were thrown there. But it says they are also there. This lets us believe that This is one scripture that lets us believe that these fires of hell are eternal and that you don't just cease to exist, but you exist eternally in torment. That should be enough to get you to rethink your rebellion against God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You should fear his judgment. And I don't hear enough preachers in churches preaching on the judgment of God. But the judgment of God will save many. If you can know now that the Lord is going to judge, you have time to turn around today. Repent today so that you don't suffer the same fate as these who are living in rebellion to God. If you are not with Christ, if you are opposed to Christ, 
Jesus says, anyone who's not with me is against me. If you are not with Christ, you are not going to be a fence sitter. You are going to be thrown into the lake of fire because all of us are deserving of death. And we talked about that in the last video. I'm not going to go into all those details right now. But if the fear of the Lord is striking you now, take the time to repent, turn to the Lord and ask for salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Again, it says the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Some believe that this resurrection is only for the resurrection of unbelievers and the judgment of unbelievers. I'm not completely sure that that is what the case is here. Earlier in the passage, it explains that those who had lost their lives for Christ are the ones who take part in the first resurrection. The fact that in this segment of scripture, it says that anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire seems to imply that there were those who did have their names, their names written in the book of life at this resurrection. That could be up for debate, and I don't know that it really matters that we understand one way or another. The main thing is that we need to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. And that only happens through Christ, through accepting him as your Lord and Savior, not just acknowledging that he is God, not just acknowledging that he's the Son of God, but saying that he is your Lord. That's the difference. So if you haven't yet made Jesus your Lord, today is the day of salvation and make sure that you do so today. You don't have to do some fancy prayer. Just repent of your sins and and lay your life down and say, God, you can have my life. Live in me from now on. And um, he will come and he will live in you and he will transform you. And the next step is to get into the word of God. Spend every day in the word of God, allowing him to transform you. And if you're a believer that's been following the Lord even for a long time, make sure that you're in the Word of God daily. Get your daily bread so that you're ready and you will not be deceived when you hear false teachings that come up. You'll be able to recognize a fraud from the genuine. This is so important. So I had mentioned to you guys earlier that I would share with you guys some announcements at the end of this video. And if you listen to the end of the last video, you might remember some of these, but I just want to encourage you again, if you're getting value from these videos, please share these because we have been restricted on multiple fronts from sharing these videos. We desperately need a 
an army of social warriors that are willing to share this content on their social media. And if you are willing to do that, please put that in the comments below that you're willing to join the team and you're willing to send these out. I would really appreciate that. And it will mean a huge difference in the kingdom of God and the people that we can affect if we work together in this. Also, if you have not yet been to whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com, please go there and claim your free end times masterclass that I have compiled for you. It's essentials that you and your family need to know to prepare you to stand firm until the return of Christ. So please go there and and get those as well. I want to thank you guys so much for watching this video today and make sure if you have not yet to click the subscribe button down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you are watching this or if you are listening to this via podcast on on iTunes, please subscribe so that you will not miss a future episode. And um, I want to say thank you guys so much for being a part of this Bible study with me. Just as a reminder, at the end of this video, I've got some more great content waiting for you. So make sure to watch all the videos on the playlist. Until next time, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel and whatyourpastorneverToldyou.com, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.